0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is believed.
1: Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA Draft goes to the Detroit Pistons.
0: Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't.
2: From long range. yes, oh! Yes! Yes! Detroit
1: basketball! Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike Englund, and joining me as always is Aaron Johnson and Jasper for the Second week in a row, all three of us have been able to make it. Fellas, how are you doing?
0: Um, look, I'm, I'm a couple days out on a trip to Vegas here. So after seeing the snow coming down here on a Monday in, in, in mid-April, uh, I'm just so thankful that I am getting out of the state of Michigan for a few days. But I'm glad that we were able to get together for the podcast before I go away. Because we have been struggling to get all three of us on together for our podcast each week. So I'm glad two weeks in a row the trio is here.
2: I know. Thank, thank you for the small miracles. Um, you know, and just the day after uh, Ramadan, Easter, and, uh, and Passover are, are finished. Wow. Uh, really, truly was meant to be. God's plan. Um, no, you know what? I'm That's cool. I didn't know you were going to Vegas, Aaron. We always talk about how I should yeah, be... Wait way to drop that bomb. Right? I, we always talk about... <laughs> I'll, I'll always share some like silly stories on Twitter or, or in group chats or whatever. Here, here's a little bit of my advice to you, Aaron, quickly. Uh, so the first time I ever went to Vegas, I, I went out there, I got flown out, I was in a penthouse in the Bellagio. Uh, so I was feeling great. It's also the first time and only time in my life I've ever seen $50,000 in cash, but that's another story. Um, the... I I got a, the night before I was going out there, I got a hot tip. Tigers plus 140, minus 140. Tigers versus Orioles. Chris Tillman having the worst year of any pitcher in the MLB versus Justin Verlander, about to, should have won his second Cy Young Award. To no loser, right? Easy bet to make. Great. So I go and I put $500 down on the Tigers to win it all. Just the money line. Well, Aaron I walk into Cirque de Soleil I sit down me and my two friends we look at our phones score final Orioles two Tigers one I don't think I've ever been more devastated in my entire life so the night before I'm, I'm supposed to fly back to Detroit my friends they go Jasper you can't bet any more money in my mind, I'm thinking I can't go home having lost all this money. I'm supposed to go on a cruise with my girlfriend of five and a half years, so I sneak down to the sportsbook at 5 a.m. right when it opens, and I put a $600 bet down on the Tigers to beat the uh, not the Tigers on the Rangers to beat the Houston Astros that day. I don't tell anyone about it. I'm flying home. We land in Detroit. I open up my phone. Guess who won Rangers 10 Astro zero. I lost my mind on the tarmac. You wouldn't believe it. So long story short, Aaron, don't make the mistakes I've made. Uh, <laughs> Only bet what you can bet, bet responsibly. And I think that maybe
1: this is a good oh, transition man. into our first ad read for today. Is it not? Uh, that, this is, this is about as good as it gets. Aaron, you uh, collect your thoughts while I, talk about our first sponsor that jasper graciously led into and that first sponsor of course is bet online and our partners at bet online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info find all the latest sports developments and bring updated odds on the nba playoffs fights and even next season's futures and don't forget that the mlb is back as well (laughs) 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 uh betting against uh chris tillman who probably was horrific oh dude he year. had a six, anything about chris dude, tillman. he had
2: like a six era he, he was so bad i don't think he won oh. like two games the whole year he was getting was lit it, at up. Camden? it was his only good start of the season his only good on start road? of the season
1: no it was at home the tigers oh. were
2: at home
1: oh that's that's even worse he walked into america and shut out he almost shut no. out. He A did Tigers the Tigers
2: team. the Tigers only got their run off the reliever. Chris Tillman shut
1: him out over like <laughs> six innings. That was, <laughs> it was like that was the, that was when the Tigers were good too, I'm sure. Yes, you know? they do. This was the yeah. 20, this was
2: 2014.
1: Ooh, yeah, they're good. No, this is 2015. Oh, they're still good. Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and park and poker games. It's super easy to get started so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code believe that's B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, head on over to mobile site or our website. Use the promo code believe B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online when the game starts, or if you're Jasper, where it could potentially result in a loss of our bucks. <laughs> by betting on the Tigers twice. Oh, my God.
2: E- Chris Tillman, ERA plus of 82 that year.
1: Oh, Justin Verlander, ERA plus of 118. Ah. Wow. Yeah, but that's when uh, being a Cleveland baseball team fan at the time was just brutal brutal facing the tigers mm-hmm. i mean i've so many games of having to watch miguel cabrera just toast justin masterson <laughs> into a lightly lightly burnt piece of bread every time just cruel and then david price walks out or max scherzer or justin verlander who owned the indians for uh, uh like the entire time <laughs> that was the terrible maybe it was like tito's second year but before that, when Manny Acton was the manager, just watching the Tigers mow down Jason Donald and the rest of the horrible Cleveland baseball team was just deflating.
2: Wow. Speaking of deflating, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans picked up a couple wins in the in the play-in tournament. They made the playoffs. So bad news for, for Detroit fans. That first-round pick is now going to Charlotte instead of Portland, is it not? It is.
1: It is. Yeah. So the Pelicans make the playoffs, picked up two wins. That pick does now go to Charlotte. There was a lot of talk after the season, really towards the end of the season as well, that Portland was expected to use that pick from New Orleans as part of a trade package for Jeremy Grant. Um, Aaron must be stunned at your betting because he hasn't said anything, but uh, Aaron, how, how, does this affect a potential Jeremy Grant market? Because the Blazers really seemed like the gung-ho team that were going to push their chips into the middle to try to get some help for Damian Millard.
0: Yeah, I, I was actually... Uh, it's really unfortunate for Detroit because when you look at the rest of the league, you know, I don't know if there's a team that was reportedly more interested in Grant than Portland. And there was a lot of talk throughout the various reports throughout the season that Damian Lillard and Jeremy Grant have a relationship. They'd like to play together. Damian Lillard wants Jeremy Grant, uh, you know, to be the guy that Portland goes after in the off season. He doesn't want the team to just bring in, you know, some young guys, uh, whether it's through the draft or, you know, in free agency, whatever it may be, he wants them to go get proven players and, that he would like Jeremy Grant to be one of those guys. And I mean, you look at Portland's roster currently and not that they have a ton of guys that should be on their team next year. Obviously, there's a handful, Damian Lillard, Yusef Nurkic, Josh Hart, Anthony Simons. But you look at that kind of core right there, Jeremy Grant would slide in there perfectly because you have your pair of guards in Lillard and Simons, you have a forward, obviously, if Ing- Ingles can come back healthy, uh, you know, that would play alongside Josh Harder, one of them would come off the bench, and then you can slide Jeremy Grant into that four spot alongside Yusef Nurkic, and it gives you some athleticism, it gives you some outside shooting, it gives you another guy that can kind of take the ball out of Damian Lillard's hands for a couple possessions here and there, um, but he would just fit perfectly on that team, you know, you look at, where they need help. And you trust that Lillard and Simons are enough at, you know, the guard spot, whereas, yeah, they need some depth there, but they've got their guys. Where they really need help the most is the forward spots, and Jeremy Grant would certainly bolster that for them. Uh, On both sides of the floor, give them some help in that regard. So the fit in Portland was, uh, I think, a major draw for, for the Blazers because, They kind of do have some nice pieces, but they're missing another top tier. Not that Jeremy Grant is that top tier, but he is talent. And for a team that is desperate for talent, Grant would walk in and obviously be right away be the number two guy behind Damian Lillard on that team. Um, But it's unfortunate because, you know, now they don't have that pick to work with. And I don't think they're going to trade whatever, you know, they have pick-wise, whatever they end up with, I mean, it's going to be a top-ten pick or whatever, and it's not like they're going to trade Anthony Simons for for Jeremy Grant. So you look at the rest of the cupboard for for this Portland team, and it's pretty bare in terms of prospects or draft capital that can equal out to a player that is the level of Jeremy Grant. I mean, there's no one really on that team that is going to get moved that would work for the Pistons in return for Grant. Um, It makes the trade – Situation a little bit more difficult. Uh, I I I didn't want to bring this up, but my mind late last week Mm. started going towards Utah. Yes, and a part of me is trying to put together a a trade in which Donovan Mitchell becomes a Detroit Piston if if he asks out of Utah. Um, But that's so unrealistic that it really doesn't matter. Utah probably still would like to. Get Jeremy Grant and keep Mitchell and Gobert. I mean, I don't know what they do but once they get bounced out of the playoffs. Like they are bound to need to make a major change uh, because they can't continue to, to do what they've been doing. And especially this year because it's been so disastrous. There's been so much reported turmoil between Mitchell and Gobert and just the team in general. Um, but I think Portland was obviously the, the most prominent suitor for Grant. And you could see the Pistons getting that back-end lotto pick and, you know, whatever salary would match uh, in a deal for Grant. That was the deal that everyone just kind of presumed was going to be there. And then New Orleans, all of a sudden, not only gets into the play-in, but then wins the play-in and gets into the playoffs. So it's really kind of thrown everything uh, in in a rut for Detroit in that sense. And I don't know where they go from here because is a team like Utah – able to make a trade for Grant? Do they have the assets to make a trade for Grant? You know, it doesn't really look like it as of now. And are there other teams that want to get involved? Like, is there a, a sleeper team that wants to go after Jeremy Grant and is going to put together the assets? Like, is Chicago going to come back in the offseason after they get bounced by Milwaukee and say, look, we're ready to go all in. We kind of have to now uh, after what's happened to, in the second half of the season. Who else is out there that says, look, we need to get involved. We need to go get this guy. But Portland kind of falling out of the equation right now, it it makes it difficult for Detroit, who seems very willing and open to the idea of trading. Jeremy Grant, if you listen to Troy Weaver's comments at his end of the season press conference.
2: Yeah, Aaron, I think, first off, obviously you could tell I was glad you brought up Utah. I couldn't even help myself. Uh, I think that is a great, great potential one and one that, that people really should keep an eye on. Um, this is why you don't trade Jeremy Grant for whatever you can get at the trade deadline, because the NBA is so rapidly changing. Situations change all the time, both on the court and in the locker room and situations that were sustainable before can go to being very, very unsustainable rapidly. That seems like that's what's happening in Utah. So I look at that team and I say, I mean, have you heard some of the stuff Donovan Mitchell's saying like, he he's come out and been like, Yeah, we we should have won that game. I don't know what's wrong with this team. Like, that's not a good sign for one of your stars to be saying. Um, it does seem like there's going to be several teams about the around the NBA that are gonna need to take a good hard look at where their rosters are, where their situation is, and adjust based on that. Some of them might be buyers, some of them might be sellers, some of them might just have to retool. I look at teams like and this was one that was thrown out a lot of the trade deadline, Atlanta. Um, I mean, they got, you know, they, they made the playoffs. Yes. But like, this was certainly not the way they wanted to do so this year. They were the nine seat. Um, if it wasn't for the play in, they would have been eliminated. So that was not the season they wanted to have. Um, I think that you look at another team that finished right below them in the standings, Charlotte, that is another squad that, certainly could not have imagined this season going like that you know they were such a good feel-good story last year and they hoped they improved in the offseason and now you look at them they're in the exact same place and they have a lot of issues in terms of their forward rotation Miles Bridges could be gone uh, Montrez Harrell certainly is gone Plumlee was not very good at center uh, and man that Gordon Hayward contract is already looking like a disaster so There's a lot of teams that are going to need to make moves one way or another. I think that whenever there's confusion, whenever there's chaos in the NBA, that is always going to be to the advantage of a team that has an asset that multiple other teams want. Aaron, I think you're absolutely correct to be throwing out three, four different places because it's a real possibility at this point. I think Portland might have actually lost in the foot by not making a, a trade for Grant earlier. Same with Chicago. You know, we were talking about whether Patrick, Will, Jeremy Grant for Patrick Williams was something Chicago would be willing to do. I would not be shocked if Patrick Williams for Jeremy Grant is not enough for Jeremy Grant at this point. The return might not be enough on that because this is the NBA. And, and when things, you know, don't happen like they like they're supposed to in the playoffs, GMs have to scramble. Um so I would not be surprised if one of those teams is in the mix, but I would also not be surprised whatsoever if a dark horse team comes out of nowhere and tries to make a trade for Jeremy Grant in an attempt to boost themselves up a little bit or shake up the roster. Um I think San Antonio is a team that I would not be stunned if something were to change that with that roster. I think that um yeah, like you said Utah. I think that Charlotte, that's another team that I would just not be stunned whatsoever if they're like, "Hey, we're willing to give up a young player for this veteran, and maybe Detroit has to throw in a future pick, but I, I really do think the trade market for Jeremy Grant is going to be really, really hot this offseason, and I'm excited to see what happens.
0: But could I throw something out there just for the sake of discussion? For uh, God's sake, I hope you do. Let's, let's say that Donovan Mitchell either demands to be traded or demands that Gobert gets traded.
2: Jeremy in a first for Mitchell? Is that what you're saying?
0: Are, are you going to trade Jeremy, let's say the Pistons end up with, like, three? Mm. Would you do Jeremy – well, I, I think the Pistons, no doubt, would do this trade. But would the Jazz take something where as they'll likely want to try to remain competitive, so add talent, but also add, you know, a pick that they can try to reform their core with? Does something like Jeremy Grant, Killing Hayes, and a third pick in the draft for Donovan Mitchell move the needle for them? I mean,
2: me personally, I don't even think you need to throw and Hayes in there. I, I think that kind of makes sense for both teams. Obviously, you're taking a huge downgrade. But, I mean, a top three draft pick is – that's a – those do not get moved often. They, for They, they
0: <laughs> don't, but I don't want to discredit how good of a player Donovan Mitchell is. I mean – No.
2: And also for Utah, like you look at their fans and how do you – boy, how do you, I mean, win 60 games last year and then, you know, two seasons later you're – trading away the face of your franchise arguably. But yeah. it does seem like it does seem like Utah fans are starting to turn on Mitchell, you know. This was bound to happen when you have a divided locker room, fans are going to pick one side or the other. Seems like the players might have sided with Mitchell, but seems like the fans might be siding with Gobert. So if that's the case, Utah might have to blow things up even more significantly. Who knows?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is is a a top 20 player.
1: He'd be I great. To he was Same your today? MVP pick, if I recall, last year.
0: Was he? He might have been. He might have been my my dark. I think
1: pick. I remember you talking about him as an MVP candidate.
0: I, you know what? I could definitely have definitely see myself having said that. I mean, he is a very very good player. That's why I don't know if if Jeremy Killian and the third pick is enough. I mean, the third pick you you're planning on drafting a guy that's going to be an all-star but donovan mitchell is super young and is an all-star like he's already a, a top 20 or whatever player in the league like it should take a massive massive deal to get him and i don't know i mean i don't know if the package i threw out there is enough for that i mean like jeremy grants obviously a good player killian hayes yeah remains to be seen to be determined what he ends up truly becoming and then the top three pick, like, our, I guess it would, it would really depend on how convinced Utah is with these guys at the top of the draft, whether it's Paulo, Chet, Jaden, Ivy, you know, whoever, but now, I, you're, I feel like it would take a massive haul. And I don't, I don't know if that's enough. I think you're probably right, Aaron. It probably takes another
2: lottery, like another, another top five protected pick as well. I, I think pitch. if you're giving up, I think if you're giving up two firsts and Jeremy Grant, I, I don't know. I think that's a, that's a pretty significant haul for, for a team. You know what I mean? Especially if they're, if this, especially if the situation is untenable, like if, if one of them has to go, that hurts Utah's, you know, right. that, that's that the only thing
0: that could help. But I mean, you're also obviously going to have however many other teams trying to get sure. in on Donovan. I mean, who yeah. knows who I mean, but have to pay the, the King's ransom. Yep.
2: And, and it does seem like there will be a King's ransom, but you know, again, this is, this is why, You were 100% correct, Aaron, in saying that Troy Weaver should not have moved Jeremy Grant to the trade deadline because now you look at the situation just three months later after the trade deadline, and we're talking about there are probably going to be, you know, three, four, five more teams that are going to be in the Jeremy Grant sweepstakes this offseason, and the Pistons are going to have a whole lot of money to spend as well. So things are going to change quick. I I really do get the feeling that even while – you know, the Pistons are not in the playoffs. These are a very important playoffs of the Detroit Pistons.
1: Well, yeah, they are going to have the cap space to move around. And there are some teams that are going to be having to blow it up. That's just how it's going to be. And the Jazz did their best to blow that game against the luka Dallas Mavericks. They, they really tried. And I think if it does get to an untenable situation, I mean – this is just me posturing because I don't know how the Utah Jazz front office feels, but would you think they would be trying to trade Rudy Gobert first? Absolutely. I, I mean, and I, I think we talked about Charlotte. Mm. I mean, he's a perfect landing spot for Charlotte. They're, he would. Yeah, he would be. that That defense that the Hornets displayed in the play-in, was nothing short of a catastrophe. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? They didn't play defense in the they did, game. <laughs> you are, they did not play defense. And I don't know what it would take to get Rudy Gobert, who's you know headed to a Defensive Player of the Year, award again. But I feel like something can be had. I mean, with Bridges and P.J. Washington, I mean, something could be made out. Sign, in, sign and trade could be on the table. Yep, sure. sign and trade could be on the table. Absolutely, and with Miles Bridges. And you get rid of Gobert, you break it up, you keep Donovan Mitchell, and you can keep plugging forward. Mm. Um, but just to go back to Portland real fast, because I have it broken down here, their roster is uh, like a slapstick a comedy. How, how how many just non-guaranteed or free agent holds they have between Ingles? Let's just put it out here. They're probably keeping Josh Hart. In fact, I will go ahead and say that they're definitely keeping Josh Hart, and they want to keep Yusuf Nurkic. They're gonna have to resign Anthony Simons, which the Pistons could go out and screw the Blazers by having a big offer sheet for Simons, and then the Blazers have to match. Mm-hmm. Um, they could also do that, um, and in fact, Bobby Marks, ESPN's Bobby Marks, listed the Pistons as a team that could be throwing um, an offer sheet at Simons just to, cool. uh, you know, be aggressive because they cool can. With me? Works for me.
0: I'm yep. fine
1: with that. Um, so their roster is really, really weird, uh, you know, aside from Damian Lillard. I mean, he's making 42 mil. And then after that, Nas Little is the second highest paid player on the roster at $4.1 million. They have a bizarre roster that they but, have to, uh, that they have to figure out.
2: Mike and Aaron, don't forget
1: though, with that roster, while you're looking at it
2: and our listeners, don't forget that roster finished with a better record than the Lakers post All-Star
1: break. They beat them. I remember watching that game. Anthony Simons went absolutely crazy.
0: That, that team game. was
1: better than the Lakers post All Star break. So. Yeah. Well, that definitely younger, definitely younger than the Lakers, which means all they had to do was just outrun them for a bit. And Carmelo Anthony would get tired <laughs> uh, or, you know, whoever they had to start. Um, yeah. You know, this matters a lot for the Pistons and them doing something crazy and being aggressive and going after. Donovan Mitchell would be awesome. Him and Kate Cunningham would be oof, chills. Chills, I tell you. That would be really fun. I don't know if that's going to happen cuz I think the Jazz are going to try their best to keep him. Um even though the Knicks all, already sent scouts to the Mavericks uh Jazz first game <laughs> trying to scout to put together a package for uh, for Mitchell as well, but you know, I guess we'll have to see. I I mean what we can say to, and to answer our question was, yes, this is definitely going to affect the trade market. But one more question before we go ahead and move on to our next topic: You mentioned disappointing teams in the Eastern Conference that did not quite make the playoffs. Uh, what about Cleveland, who <laughs> needs a wing in the worst way?
0: I just don't think are Jeremy you trying Grant to put did. Colin Sexton on the Pistons for the second week in a row? No, he is. He is Aaron. You're right. <laughs> this no. is like just My trying to cover and push an agenda.
1: And actually, actually, I'm writing um, a piece for Fear the Sword about how the Cavs and I was not pushing Colin Sexton to keep Colin Sexton because I just watched Karis Levert for half a season and I'm about. <laughs> i'm done <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 I don't i don't wish to watch karis silver and we're quickly headed to a colin versus karis who's going to get the extension
2: i i thought about I, I thought about cleveland i just don't see how you make the i just don't i don't see there being a good enough offer for both teams there you know what i mean like what what detroit's going to want from cleveland um versus what cleveland's willing to give up i don't believe is going to be Worth it for either either team when there's going to be better, more sensible options for Detroit available. I, I believe at least.
1: I I don't know who's untouchable on the Cavs other than Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen. Right, but that's that's what you're going to want if you're Detroit. Sure. Yeah,
0: I am not interested
1: in anyone else really. Detroit. Yeah, I think I mean you're going to be looking at Lavert, who's is an expiring. No thanks, Isaac Isaac Okoro. <laughs> uh, who goes from being able to shoot to not being able to shoot? Um, I still think he's being underutilized by JP. He is not moving off the ball nearly enough. Oh, oh a guy, keep, a guy with a questionable and, shot who doesn't get enough off ball moving. He'll fit in great in Detroit. He'll fit in perfectly. And then they mm. keep their, you know, they they have their lottery pick, which which they keep. So they're going to have to figure out some way to move. Some things around, I mean, I'm looking at Lori Markin. What what can I get for Lori Markin um, as well? Not Jeremy Grant. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Sorry, um, I'm thinking Duncan Robinson, but he just went off for eight threes the other night. So,
0: do the Cavs own their uh, first round pick this year?
1: They do. It did not convey to the Pacers. Um, it, it was top 14 protected, and the Cavs finished 14th. Uh, so they they do have a lottery pick the 2.1 chance 2.1 percent chance to get the number one overall pick (laughs) um so they they do keep their first but you can't trade it you can't trade the pick because it is going to indiana next year but they could make a pick on behalf of somebody and then just trade that player to whoever
2: so they get to keep their pick huh
1: they 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 do get to keep their pick.
2: That's uh that's that's good luck, even though they didn't make the playoffs. They must have done something right, you know? They must have some good karma.
1: Yeah, that is awfully good karma because there was a point in the season where I thought, uh, boy, I really hope they don't keep their pick. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, thank god they kept their pick because the Karis Levert trade would have been even worse. That would have been karma. And normally Cleveland Sports is on the wrong end of karma for eternity, much like you uh, Detroit fans. But speaking of karma, paying down debt can be stressful, especially when you need to keep track of multiple monthly payment dates. And if you're tired of juggling those due dates, consolidating with a personal loan could be your answer. And that way, you'll have just one due date a month. Credit Karma can help you find the best option for you. Credit Karma uses your credit data to find loan officers that are personalized to you so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you can get approved for. Credit Karma will even show you your chances of approval so you can choose between loan offers that you're more likely to get approved for and apply with more confidence. If you're ready, head on over to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see personalized offers. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan offers. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. Jasper, you are uh, like... uh, my little league coach throwing softballs up for me to hit or throwing baseballs <laughs> up for me to hit because this is like uh this is just a master class right in front you know, of Aaron.
2: I, what can I say man? I'm I'm cheeky. I'm I'm feeling myself.
1: Cheeky. You and I and, I and I and I know boy.
2: I know it's like uh you know it's like a good pitcher for the for the home run derby. It's it's necessary, of course. You need the power, you need the swing but you need the pitcher too. And that's what I'm here for. That's nope. True. I don't need the credit. I don't need the credit. I'll let you hit the dingers. I just need to set
1: you I'll up. I'll be uh Spencer Torkelson. Mm. <laughs> um, good stuff. Uh, we're going to have a lot more. I'm sure free agency and trade talk as the playoffs progress. Um, but we'll move on to topic number two, which of course is Kate Cunningham. He's, Officially been named a finalist for Rookie of the Year alongside of Mobley and Scotty Barnes. He was ranked sixth in ESPN's top 25, under 25. He was the highest ranked rookie from this previous draft class, which is an awfully nice draft class. He was behind John Morant, Jason Tatum, and Luka Doncic, which, you know, makes some sense. Guys, officially, now official, which we kind of already knew. Cade is a Rookie of the Year finalist. We've talked about his chances before. Um Aaron, you have any thoughts on this? And I guess his being ranked sixth in the Espn's top 25 under 25.
0: Yeah, I think the guys that he's ranked behind are, you know, well deserved. I mean, Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum, and John Morant is to be right behind them in, in in rankings isn't a slight by any sense of the imagination. Those guys are, you know, the the next faces of the league. But you know, to be fair, he's also ranked above guys like Zion Williamson who had an incredible season once he was finally healthy last year. Um, you know he's listed above these guys that are seemingly kind of ranked ahead of him at this point in the rookie of the year discussion, and Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes. But I think it, what it comes down to is the Pistons have kind of their guy, and it's uh, this offseason to bring it into the the central focus this offseason is so important for this team because everyone in the NBA knows that the Pistons kind of have the player, but now it's like, Hey, you got to put the team around this player. Or he's going to be gone before you know it. Um, it's obviously, you know, a nice ach- achievement for Cade and a nice, you know, kind of a narrative builder to be put in a discussion along with those top players. Um, but I mean, this is who the, this is the guy that Detroit drafted. This was the player that they were hoping Cade Cunningham would be and, how he was viewed around the league that's why he was the consensus number one pick no matter how hard people try to create a narrative that the Pistons were going to take Jalen Green or or somebody else for whatever reason or that they weren't convinced with Cunningham so they might trade the pick like everybody felt that Cade Cunningham was that guy and he went out and proved it this year with the way that he played the way that he you know came back after getting hurt to start the season. He struggled the first couple of games with a couple of poor, poor, shooting performances, but he had a statistical rookie season only comparable to Michael Jordan. This is a guy that is getting some nice recognition and it's very important that the Pistons recognize this and, and, and really start to fine tool this roster to not waste any time of his career. Young teams can win in the NBA. Look at the Memphis Grizzlies. They are a perfect example. The Minnesota Timberwolves, I know Carlton Towns has been in the league for forever, but he is a young player, Anthony Edwards, who is arguably you know, their second best player right there with Cat, if you want to call them 1A, 1B, is in his second year. Like The Cavaliers, Mike, you know this, a very young team that are playoff-level teams, good teams. The Pistons need to take that next step as an organization, and they have that generational talent to start doing that. Another team, Boston, was doing that with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in their first couple of years in the NBA. A guy, Luka Doncic, like these young guys that are listed above Cade in the rankings got into the league and, you know, maybe it's going to a year, but they became playoff teams and they were top guys on these teams. And Cade can be that, that next group behind them starting off this year or going into next year that is you know that next generational talent to take a team from the bottom to the top nice recognition for Cade but I I don't think it's a surprise to see him ranked where he's at he is the real deal and everybody knows it yeah I mean look let's be real um everybody ahead of him
2: except for Lamelo Ball on that list has or is going to make an all-NBA team this year like that's that says it all right there doesn't it True. I mean Trey Young, John Morant, Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic. These are not just guys who are all-stars. These are MVP candidates. And that Cade is already being talked about, and that light is amazing. I mean, look at the guys that he's ranked ahead. Darius Garland, Shea Gilgis, Alexander. These are not just guys. Anthony Edwards destroyed the Grizzlies the other day. He was unstoppable. He's ranked five spots lower than Cade. If that doesn't tell you all you need to know about where this guy is and where he's going in his career, I don't know what else to tell you. It doesn't matter how he finishes in the rookie of the year voting. And, you know, I know that I myself, I think at some point or another, we've all said something on Twitter about, you know, feeling like, hey, he's not getting the respect he deserves. But, I mean, we don't have to get into the Herb Jones thing with Kevin Pelton at all. We don't. Um, I mean, ridiculous. that is like. I mean, the stuff that gets talked about sometimes is it's not that it's important that he wins rookie of the year. It's the way that the award gets talked about. Where again, you have people who are saying that role players should be finishing ahead of somebody like Kate Cunningham in that award. It's, it's silly. But what really matters at the end of the day is where he's going and where this team is going, where this organization is going. That's what matters. And Kate, I think, has already proven... That he is up there with the very, very best in the league uh, in terms of prospects. And hey, let's also point out one of the guys, one of the three people that made this list was Kevin Pelton. So <laughs> look, you can make your arguments about rookie of the year, but there's no argument. This is an ultra, ultra talented kid who is going going to the top. There's no other way to put it. So I'm excited. It's great to see that and. Look, even if people aren't gonna give him his accolades now, they know what's coming down the pike.
1: Yeah. And with regards to rookie of the year, I don't even care who wins it anymore. I'm just tired of hearing about it. Same thing with MVP. I, I mean if Scotty Barnes, Mitt Cade wins it, if Evan, you know, if Evan Mobley wins it at this point, it just doesn't matter. You know, mm. um, I'm I'm so over it and all of the discourse that's happened. Um, on social media about these awards um, and speaking of awards uh, Marcus Smart was just named defensive player of the year
2: oh yet another piston
1: robbed of the award <laughs> Kelly Olenek
2: will never live this down
1: will never live this down he was close
2: so close him and Marvin so Bagley close. <laughs> I think him and Marvin Bagley probably <laughs> split the vote between the two of them I think
1: that's that's, what happened. that's definitely what happened <laughs> that was the biggest write-in along with uh, Mickey Mouse for president <laughs> um, <laughs> he's the first guard uh, since Gary Payton to win defensive player of the year so it's been a it's been a while for a guard um, I didn't actually realize that that's a very very long time but the glove was just different um, so Cade being sixth yeah, he's ahead of some awfully good player. I mean, Shea Gildas Alexander, I think, is NBA Twitter's darling child for years uh, now. It seems like everybody wants Shea Gildas Alexander, but Cade Cade is just—he's just different. Mm. He is—he's—he's he's just different. He came into his own. Um, so to have him ranked that high—that's a good sign of things to come for the Pistons. Yeah. I mean, he's behind Ja and Jason Tatum and Luca, but like, like you said, those are, those are all NBA talents. Um, those are guys, uh, you know, leading teams to home court advantage, um, in the playoffs uh, at very young ages. And, you know, those are also teams that have, um, benefited from some good coaching and some good surrounding players. And, you guys have mentioned it now is the time for the Pistons to, you know, you know, they recognize that talent. Now it's time to put pieces around him to really augment all this capability. And I don't like to use the, you know, the heliocentric term that Luka Doncic gets or what LeBron gets in that, you know, he just dominates so much. That's, that's not Kate Cunningham. Um, I don't think uh, he's, he's, he's different than that. Um Maybe not as gifted offensively as like a Luka, but just a more complete player that just does a lot more. And some of those uh, assist numbers, if he had capable shooters around him, those would also be quite a bit higher. But instead he was throwing to uh, some less capable shooters I was gonna kick it out to somebody else if they had anything to say, but I guess not. So we'll just cut that part for, out. For <laughs> once, I got nothing. No,
2: let's leave it in. Let's let the folks at home know. This is we're not we're not perfect.
1: We're not perfect. Nor- normally, it's you to call to the editor. To editor, add <laughs> add uh, add a round of applause in or, so, or something. That's <laughs>
0: right. I gotta pull out the. Uh... The like uh, the soundboard, the soundboard. Yeah. I got to pull up the soundboard and start adding in different noises and stuff.
2: Oh, heck yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, dude. Can I just record some, like some little, uh, sound I clip I stuff? a
1: Slide whistle.
0: Oh dude. I'm going to
2: hit you with like, we're going to make our own damn son. Where'd you find this? You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's not bad, right? Um, uh, anyway, I can do a really good Kermit the frog. I can say some like Pistons referred stuff like, coming Cunningham for rookie of the year Now okay, you have yeah. to cut this out Yeah now it needs to get cut It's absolutely <laughs> no. got to get That's cut definitely no. That's You know what <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say I don't think that was the most uh, most High quality impersonation I think I've ever done
1: Hey you were put on the spot And you thought yeah I could do it And then you went for it And you know sometimes it just takes a little bit more to land I mean mm. it's tough it's, it's It's really tough to do Kermit it you know? it hey look, it's it's not that hard. You can do the Kerman, then
2: you bring it down into a Ray Romano, but what's really <laughs> important about it, it's true, you can. It's I am Kermit the Fog Wine, then you take it down, I'm Ray Romano,
1: Debra.
0: <laughs> anyway. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, Ray Romano, normal listener to the Palace of Pistons podcast, is gonna be awfully angry at you. Um uh you might have to prepare for like a fist
2: fight or something. Well, you know what? If I'm going to prepare for a fist fight, Mike, I'm going to do it. I'm going to need to train. I'm going to need to, you know, get some more nutrition in my
1: body, right? Yes. Yes. Because God knows what you eat. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You're going to need like a multivitamin or something. But you know what? Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that's top quality. And with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. And I think the listeners just aged exponentially by listening to us talk about literally nothing for three minutes. It's, all, it's also lifestyle-friendly. and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar, no chemicals or artificial anything. So reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. You get a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs on your first purchase purchase. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. That was like a, a family guy-esque joke that takes four minutes to get to, but then we eventually get to the punchline. In this case, Athletic Greens. Um, wonderful sponsor we've had for several weeks, maybe months at this point. But uh, that was the Abbott and Costello edition of the podcast where Jasper and I riff and raff until we can finally get to the ending.
2: <laughs> and poor Aaron just sits behind his computer screen, grateful that we can't see the curse words he's mouthing at us. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> Sometimes I just got to let you guys do your thing. I just kind of sit here, like, do some breathing exercises, and I just let you guys go.
2: That's why – that's why you're the Kate Cunningham of this podcast, Aaron. Look, you're willing to take – you're willing to go to the rim, but you're going to let other guys cook every now and then too, even if the offense isn't so, you know, efficient when you're not the one handling yeah. the
1: ball. Right. Jasper and I are just dribbling the air out of the ball until there's two <laughs> seconds left on the shot clock and heaving up whatever we got. Um, This
2: is some <laughs> Reggie Jackson, Brandon Jennings era stuff we're talking about, folks. I call being Brandon Jennings, by the uh, way. Yeah. I'll be Steve Blake. Um, okay. Well, now, Aaron's, now Aaron's really insulted.
1: Now he's mad. <laughs> um, okay. Speaking of the playoffs, which we talked to at some point in this riff, um, guys, have you been watching any of the playoffs so
0: far? Without a doubt. I mean, you know, doesn't it, it doesn't matter that the Pistons aren't in it. Still got to watch it. And I feel like there's been – there's been – some really good games and there's been some really bad games i i don't know as it seems like the the blowouts this year have been like a lot for the opening weekend compared to years past maybe i'm wrong but like toronto philadelphia game one was a snooze fest golden state denver was pretty much a snooze fest Yeah. uh miami atlanta yesterday being the first game like you know, you sit down to begin your day of watching basketball, and that first game puts you to sleep right away. Obviously, Phoenix blew out New Orleans, and Milwaukee tried to give up the game, but it was a blowout throughout like the first half. And then they just had a terrible second half. You know, they still won, but the games this, this, this opening weekend were, I felt like there were too many blowouts for the opening round, like the opening weekend. You got to have your game plan for game one has got to be good enough to not lose by 20 points. Really, Aaron? See, I, that's funny you're saying that, because
2: I actually – I've quite enjoyed this these first few games. Um, I didn't think the play-in games were, like, spectacular by by any means. Um, I mean, you know, the Pelicans-Clippers was obviously a good one. Uh, Hawks and, and Cavs was pretty decent as well. Um, but, like, I, I thought that the, the Mavericks and Jazz – was ugly but fun towards the end, um, even though, yes, like you said earlier, that the Jazz really did try and do everything they could to, to not win that one. Um,
0: but for me – Not Minnesota was good.
2: I was going to say, I thought that was a really, really fun game, and not just because what was happening on the floor. I mean, Anthony Edwards going off for 36 points, basically being unstoppable offensively is great. But, like, even on the sidelines, I thought when his dad and uh, – uh, uh, or sorry, it was um, Kat's dad and Morant's dad got together, and they started like chopping it up a little bit, talking to each other, and then Morant's dad like goes into the camera, going like, "Memphis, we want all the smoke." I love that. Um, I thought that was, it was great. Like an AAU game. Yeah, it was awesome. And also, uh, why does John ja Morant's dad look like Usher? That was crazy. <laughs> I'm not even joking. That dude looks so much like Usher. It was throwing me off. I thought it was Usher at first. And then he's like talking about Memphis. I'm like, is Usher from Memphis? Anyway. (laughs) um, Yeah, I thought that was really fun. And like, that is going to be a great series. I'm super excited to see how that one, how that one turns out. Yeah, you're right, Aaron. The the blowouts were not very fun. Um, But shoot, I mean, Nets and Celtics, that is going to be, no matter who wins that series, the slander, the slander is going to be outstanding. You know what I mean? (laughs) Somebody either KD and Kyrie are getting dragged or the Celtics are getting dragged. And I got to say as a neutral, I'm happy with either result there. So
1: yeah, I'm fine with either one.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't think it's going to be a super competitive first round outside of maybe that series. Uh, I think also that the um, Jazz Mavericks, Timberwolves, Grizzlies, I think those are going to be pretty competitive series. I think the other ones are going to be pretty easy. But I do really think once we get into that second round, there's going to be some really, really fun matchups to look forward to, yep. uh, especially in the East. I, I just, I really can't wait for these playoffs. And, you know, I saw somebody today say, um, man, the playoffs just don't feel the same with LeBron.
1: Yeah, I don't oh, know. They feel They're, fine to me.
2: Yeah, they, they feel kind of more exciting if I'm being real, but maybe that's just me. I don't know. I it's It's cool to see all these teams with young stars moving forward, making their mark um you know it kind of reminds me of like 2011 2012 when you had that heat uh heat okc matchup where it's like oh the league is changing it's not kobe anymore it's not kevin garnett anymore it's it's lebron's league it's durant's league it's westbrook's league it's hardens league um and i think you're starting to see that right now in these playoffs so it's super exciting i can't wait um i'm enjoying it and Shoot! The second we get off of this podcast, I'm tuning into Toronto, Philly.
1: Yeah, it's a real bummer that the Raptors are banged up with no yeah. Barnes, no Gary Trent. That, that, that that's a, that's a real bummer because it
0: was going to be tough for them anyways, but it just makes it damn near impossible at this point.
1: It's it, it just their margin for error is just so thin right now. And Scotty Barnes, look, we haven't talked about him a whole lot because it's been. Most of this year, I feel like it's been us talking about Kate or Evan Mobley, but Scotty Barnes is really good. He's going to win. He's, I you know, I think I I think he might. He's going to win Rookie of the Year. I, I I really think. I mean, he's he's got a really good chance. He's he's very good, and that Raptors team is just limbs everywhere. And I would have loved to see them really really take it to the Sixers probably not win that series, but at least be really annoying the whole time (laughs) and tire them out for whoever their second round opponent would be. So it's, it's a real bummer that, that, uh, that they're banged up. Hey, I think Minnesota Memphis, two young teams, also two young coaches. Um, I don't remember where I saw this on Twitter, but Taylor Jenkins was talking about his rotations and how the rotations are kind of deep and, that's just something that younger coaches are just going to figure out. The rotations in playoff basketball are different. Um, mm-hmm. I know with Ty Lue in Cleveland, he tightened up the rotations. Nick Nurse, same deal, tightens up the rotations. You, you can't empty your whole bench, even if you feel like you have a deep bench. There are just some guys you have to turn to, and if they're hot, keep them in. You don't, you don't just swap them out because you have a deep bench. You have to go with the guys who are hitting, that fit the right scenarios and that two young coaches are who are going to be figuring that out on the fly I, I feel like that's going to be a really fun series that uh, the Wolves were in the lead for most of that game in game one on the road as well but Cat and Anthony Edwards arrived and uh, you know obviously Memphis has been one of the best feel-good stories I think that'll be a really good series and I was kind of hoping that Atlanta would be fun too with John Collins coming back but the heat defense just grinded them into a fine sausage. Um, so I, maybe not as fun. Um, I'm still excited. I, I do agree. There's, there's a lot of just uh, matchups. Like you think, uh, why couldn't Denver be healthy? You know, that would be such a fun series. If Jamal Murray and Michael Porter jr. were able to play. And. Uh, and it's, it, it's just really disappointing. Cause that is just going to be a blowout. Um, Luka Doncic out for Game Two. That's that's a real bummer, you know. Dallas is a fun, good team. Um, so those those are just my thoughts. Yeah, definitely. I mean, hey,
2: and good for Utah. This this might be the last playoff series they win in a, a, a little minute. I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying uh, that that could be their last playoff series that they win with this lineup.
0: I'm just, yeah. it could be interesting. It could be
1: guys. Any thoughts before we close out one of our longer podcasts?
0: No, I mean, I'm just ready to watch the playoffs. There's not a whole lot going on with the Pistons right now. I thought the, the Jeremy Grant discussion was interesting. I feel like it's probably something that we're going to get some more stuff on once we get a little bit closer to the draft. Um, I mean, I thought Troy Weaver, you know, last week at his end of season press conference uh was pretty open about, you know, yep. Hey, we're, We're, we're open to the idea and it just depends what type of package we get offered. And I don't think you usually hear a a front office staff member come on and make a, as open of a comment when talking about a player potentially being traded in the way that Troy Weaver did. So it definitely does sound like Detroit is open to moving Jeremy Grant. And I definitely think we're going to get some more news on it as the draft comes closer and teams become a little bit more desperate to, configure their roster in a way that they feel is going to make them a more competitive team.
2: Totally agree with you, Aaron. It's, it's super nice to have a, a GM that's, you know, maybe he's not the most charismatic interview out there, but he is certainly honest and hearing him say that, and also talk about how, you know, he did Dwayne Casey kind of dirty by, by not bringing in Marvin Bagley until the trade deadline. Like I love hearing that sort of stuff. So I'm with you on that going to be fascinating to see how these playoffs turn out i really don't know i i really genuinely i was talking with my roommate earlier i have no clue who's coming out of either conference I, I do feel very confident in the suns but in the east there are at least three different teams i could see winning that one so however it shakes out multiple fan bases are going to be very disappointed um and there's going to be some big moves to be made this off season so even though the pistons aren't directly involved definitely at as a Pistons fan, these are playoffs to keep an eye on because it's going to make a big difference in how this offseason shakes out.
1: And we're going to go ahead and keep an eye on them right here, right now, with the end of this podcast. Time to go watch some plat basketball, fellas. <laughs> Time to go watch some plat basketball. So, for my co-host, Jasper Apologna and Aaron Johnson, I am Mike Angolano. Thank you so much for joining us for this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. but we'll once again like to thank our sponsors, Bet Online, Credit Karma, and Athletic Greens. Please go ahead and check out our website as well. We're starting to churn out some end-of-year content for uh, the Pistons positional reviews. So definitely want to tune in there as well for all of our written content. And once again, thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. We will see you all next time.